What's up everybody? Clint Esposito here with the Clint Esposito Show. Today we're actually going to talk to one of the owners and developers of Nanobella, which is not CBD, it's CBG. And I guarantee you, you didn't even know about it, but that's why we have Sothi here to explain it. So CBG is the mother of virtually all significant cannabinoids. So both THC and CBD both form from CBG. And, um, and how it works is that THC binds to a receptor that's known as the one receptor. It's concentrated in the brain and it runs along the neural pathway. And CBD it binds to what's known as the two receptor, which is more broadly distributed. But CBG has the unique quality that it binds to both of those receptors without being psychoactive. In its pure form, what we call isolate, as we use here in Nanobella's lab, nobody would be at risk of getting high, being addicted, or failing a UA. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so there are, mu there are many more uh, cannabinoids, right? Under yes, like th th there are many more in the broader communities. What we normally hear is words like um, the entourage effect, all these different cannabinoids working together. The thing is that I don't disagree with the concept, neither does our medical advisor, who is a doctor who's treated over 9,000 people for chronic pain with cannabis. But the issue is when we're looking for a therapeutic benefit, you have to be able to produce a specific, measurable, and repeatable result. And so using full-spectrum CBD oil would be the same as trying to use wine as a therapeutic, which to catch a buzz, it totally works. But in terms of, uh, if, you know, if we looked at it from a little bit of a bougie perspective, it would be like going to a vineyard, drinking one vintage, and going back a few years later and expecting it to taste exactly the same. Just because you're going straight from plant to product? Yes. And then uh, the variability uh, of... Of all those plant. different cannabinoids and terpenes. Uh. So by using isolates, and particularly CBG, which we know binds to both, both of those two receptors that I described, it ensures that you, we can produce a specific, measurable, and repeatable result. Now, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean that cannabinoids are going to work for everybody, but... Um, if they but don't work for you once, they're not going to work th for you. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more that uh, it's not like, with our products, it's not like a try it for 30 days and see if it works for you. If, if, if you're going to feel a benefit from it, you're going to experience it within 15 or 20 minutes, as Clint can tell you, as he's used for, uh, on various occasions when he's been hurt on the bike or just when he's getting ready Which to head down Every day, I just have residual pain <laughs> from the motorcycle, so that's every there's another important element of what we do at Nanobella, which is in addition to using CBG, there are two PhDs on our team, a uh, PhD in biochemistry, and one who's a PhD in what's known as nanoemulsion technology. And what nanoemulsion is, is to take an oil particle the size of a basketball and to break it down to equal size golf balls. And what that does is it increases the speed of absorption and it increases the volume of absorption by as much as five times. And so 
where that would be, um, uh, why that whole thing comes up is that your body's made up primarily of water and the body doesn't absorb nutrients that are oil-based easily. So some vitamins that are oil-based are vitamin K, A, D, and E. And similarly, cannabinoids are oil-based. So what happens as a result of that nano emulsion is that if cannabinoids are going to work for treating whatever it is that's going on for you, that uh, it ensures that there's faster absorption and a greater volume of absorption. So the, you said it's a CBG is a precursor, so yes. does it end up turning into CBD in your it body? Doesn't, it doesn't turn into CBD in your body. What happens is that uh, it's binding to those two sets of receptors. Okay. Where it's a precursor is when we're looking at the plant, when, mm. um, when we're looking at a hemp plant for CBD or, uh, uh, or marijuana, that will have a marijuana plant where the bud will mature eventually. That's why you're saying it's harder to get CBG because everybody grows the plants to... Uh, to maturity. Yeah. And by the time we come to the end, generally there's less than 1% CBG. So you basically have to have the plants grown specifically just for... Yeah, CBG. so today there are farmers that are growing CBG-rich strains. But historically, it was too expensive to use CBG in, um, in a product. So six months before COVID, a kilogram of CBG was between fifteen and $10,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So today, the price has come down substantially, which is what our research started back then. But that's what makes it Are there it other people doing CBG products? Absolutely. There are people using... I've literally never heard of it anywhere else. It, it, CBG products are starting to become more prevalent. But, you know, one of the fundamental problems in cannabinoid products that, that aren't about THC, and we'll cover THC separately in a moment, is that the dosage isn't high enough. So six months before COVID, a kilogram of CBD was six thousand dollars a kilogram. How much is a kilogram? It's two and two point two pounds. Okay, that's so. So as a result, a person, a group that was manufacturing our product was very sensitive to the dosage that they were putting in because of the cost of the mm. ingredient, rather than what was the right therapeutic amount. Right. Truth is, we can't tell you specifically what the right therapeutic amount is. We just went heavy on dosage so that we're sure that if our product doesn't work for you, it's not because the dosage is too low. No. That's good. I mean, I do uh, definitely with your stuff, like we were talking about earlier, I have a, had broken my wrist, it didn't heal, I got surgery, and there was just a screw floating around in there basically so i have like a weather vane i know when it's going to rain it's all right right right, right. <laughs> so, okay um on the way into work sometimes because i do mechanic work so lots of twisting i'll prepare myself with the balm and take some of the drops too right on and uh i definitely it um kind of like mellows that stuff out it doesn't become as tense by the end of the day where i'm just like it's just aching real bad, you know. Right on. So, you know, one of the things that's um, most important in what we do here is it started with very specific intention. We weren't just about that we wanted to make a CBG product. Is that I want to be clear that I wasn't a serviceman or a contractor, but during the war, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East. And I spent a lot of time traveling with servicemen on their way to and their home from the conflict zone. And I personally, I've been, um, I've been sober over two decades. And when I stop traveling, I take a um, 
recovery meeting to a psych ward. And there I'd meet vets who'd come home. They had post-traumatic stress symptoms. They'd go to the VA. The VA would hop them up on opiates and then cut them off. So unfortunately, what would happen was a progression for them where they'd go to heroin and then in right. some cases try and harm themselves. And that's right. when we'd meet them. Or a big problem now, which we know is with all the fake pills, people end up getting pills that are like right. fentanyl and absolutely and then dying absolutely. from that. Absolutely. Uh, so either way, it's not, it's a uh, so bad scenario. So in our thinking, pro providing a solution in that space was where we started from. Yeah. And, you know, I'm proud to say that at Nanobella, we have a number of combat vets that use our oral drops to navigate daily, the uh, daily anxiety without giving up their brain function at all. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, and like you said, not everybody wants to smoke weed. You know? <laughs> there's nothing there. I want to be clear. There's nothing wrong with smoking weed. No, but not everybody wants. That. No, that's true. Uh, and if you get drug tested, that's a whole nother. That's, that's a whole nother issue. issue. You know. <laughs> so, but there's one other uh, one other outcome of the work that we did that is relevant to people who use THC. Is that um, all, all, putting the health impact of smoking aside for a moment, the most effective way to use marijuana is to smoke it. Now, we don't make any THC products at Nanobella, but one of the things that's changed is that as people are overcoming the stigma of marijuana become, uh, as it, uh, Being illegal, illegal yeah. is that uh, people want to use marijuana, but they don't want to smoke bud. So they move to these variations, concentrates and edibles. And there, now you've shifted the balance in uh, uh, the, what is the most natural way to consume. Mm. So we get these situations where somebody's eating a cookie that was meant for four right. people or a concentrate that's 80 or 90% yeah. THC. Well, and edibles are just a slippery slope anyway, because like I can eat a lot of edibles. Bethany? Like five milligrams, and she's in Giggle City for the next like, <laughs> so, <laughs> like three hours. I'm like, what is going? On? I wish I could get that high. Jesus. <laughs> so CBG has another uh, unique quality, which is not only does it bind to the receptor that THC binds to, but it can actually displace THC from the receptor. So uh, although our work was focused on um, uh, on on pain and anxiety and sleep, we found we developed a drop called Green Landings, which Clint actually uses. But I call it Narcanabis. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that you can you can carry with you, and that if somebody is experiencing, so, so what are THC overdose symptoms looks like? Look like? like first of all, nobody's died from Super THC. Super hungry. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's died from THC overdose, but THC overdose, uh, it, it begins with irritability, anxiety, paranoia, uh, nausea, then violent nausea, and in some cases, a, a temporary psychotic break. So by using the drops, uh, if you're having any of those symptoms, you can actually balance your high out. And, and there are cases where a person is way over and they take a bunch of the drops and it actually helps them 
find their way back to uh, so some lucid state. That cop that ate those edibles with his wife wouldn't have called nine one one on himself, probably. <laughs> have you ever seen that? I can't. He's like, <laughs> I think we're dead, and they're like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Time was going really, really, really slow." He was a cop, dude. <laughs> So this isn't the this isn't the only solution. The thing is that if you are going to go to the use of uh, edibles, then a simple way to navigate is for there to be a ratio between the uh, the number of parts of THC to the number of parts of CBD. One of the things I warn against is there are some edible companies lately that have been introducing an edible that's three parts: one part THC, one part CBD one part CBG. The problem with that edible is you're paying to get high and the CBG is going to keep THC from binding to that receptor. So why would somebody do that? The, the purpose of CBG, the way we're, we're suggesting, is either as a safety tool or as a balancing tool after the fact. Like dark cannabis, in case you can, you know. You're like, oh, they're passed out on the thing. You give them some drops. Next thing you know, they don't uh, want to eat all your food. Sorry, Clint, there's one other thing that's super important, which is that at Nanobella, that if any combat veteran reaches out to us for whom money is an issue, we send them our oral drops at no cost. Awesome. And that, um, that's important for people to know. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's a great thing, giving back, and like you said, the reason that you started it, so that's awesome. Uh, you know, going on the premise that the disproportionate number of people who are engaged in this, uh, uh, in this podcast are dudes, yeah. <laughs> is that, uh, uh, that said, uh, the one other thing that we discovered along the way is that CVG has very powerful cellular regenerative qualities that can take the wrinkles off your face. Oh. So if you so if you want the drops, not not the drops, no. But if you want to impress your significant other, we make a CBG face cream and a couple of CBG face serums that would make you very popular. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, dudes uh, watching this, I would say ninety nine percent. Right on. That's what I figured. (laughs) Right on. but the important, you know, the important thing is for the way that this is all engineered is that it's meant to work quickly. So particularly when you're on the bike and you get banged up out on the course, when you apply it, when you'd apply the muscle bomb to an area that, that you would have been affected by on the course is that it should provide relief within 10 or 15 minutes. Now, we can't say for sure that it's going to work for you, but... Uh, one of the things at Nanobella is that anybody who contacts us and say our product didn't work for them, we give them a full refund. Right. Um, but I got to say, nobody's ever come back to us to say our product doesn't work. Yeah, no, it works pretty good. I, <laughs> I do both. I do the bomb and the other stuff, and uh, it's definitely good. And this, the drops, you could just have in your bag or something. That way, if you crash, like we were talking about earlier, and the balm, it's not cold. A lot of times if you crash, you're trying to mitigate swelling. So then you go cold, but then if you still need to compete later, it's not ideal to uh, cool muscles down. So at least this is just more of something that you could do on the fly and continue to ride. But in terms of the drops, you'd want to test that 
uh, on an evening at home before you try that on the course because it does it does CBG does make you sharper, but the but there is also so there's CBG isolate that's making you sharper, but yeah. there's also CBD isolate in our products yeah. which relaxes you, so you just need to make sure that it's not. Um, it, it doesn't impair anybody's ability right. to drive, but for the level that you guys compete at, you just need to make sure that it works right for you right. in advance. Um, I did a video and I did laps sober, and then I got real high and did laps, and I was actually <laughs> seen faster high. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not only you. You know, a, a lot of guys who do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, yeah. they smoke marijuana before they... Uh, before they yeah. compete but you know there's there's a catch there which is yes they do but i can tell you they're not like dabbing 80 or 90 yeah, percent concentrate you know they're using some very balanced form of, of bud or, yeah, like, give you guys some meat. comparison you know i'm 55 years old when i was when i was young and back then when i was a marijuana user the average thc level was two to three percent oh wow and if you could get to seven it was a huge achievement Today you roll into a uh, uh, a recreational dispensary, yeah. you can get north of 15 or 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's an easy way to understand how THC and the other cannabinoids work together. THC um, is like the en is like the engines on a jet, and the other cannabinoids like CBD are like the flaps and the rudders. So THC gives you thrust and elevation in getting high. But the other cannabinoids are, are what actually help you balance out in turbulence. So if you were to use like 80 or 90% concentrate, that's literally like being in a jet plane with, with no flaps or rudders. It's like a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what happens when the propeller stops spinning on a helicopter? It's not good. So, it's not, no so that, would be, that would be what it's like uh, right now. Uh, uh, and then you have your own coupon code. That's right. I got a coupon code, uh, Clint15. That's it. One five. Um, also, what is nano emulsion? Sure. So what nano emulsion is, is um, it's a fluid. And what, we, what it does is it takes the oil particle and it breaks it. Nano emulsion is the process of taking an oil particle that's the size of a basketball and breaking it down to the size of equal size golf balls. And what that does is it increases the speed of absorption and the volume of absorption. Now, here at Nanobella, we developed our own uh, proprietary nano emulsion protocol because it's not enough to just break the oil particle size down. The easiest example is if we're looking at salad dressing, you know, it's oil and water, you shake it, it's yeah. mixed, but then it separates. Right. So for us, not only did we develop a nano emulsion protocol of our own, but we've tested over a long period of time to see that the particles stay small. But they're, they're more rudimentary forms of, uh, of, um, of nano emulsion. The most common one is known as ultrasonic, which is a violent sound wave. Uh -huh. It will damage some of the what they call the what we call the bioactive, which is uh, the cannabinoid, but it, it's still effective. Yeah. So they do it with just sound. Yes. That's and cool. there are a few. And sometimes, uh, you know, in our lab, you'll see that we have homogenizers. Now we use our homogenizers only for mixing the product together, not to break down particle size. But theoretically, it's possible to also use a homogenizer. I feel like I don't know what homogenizing is. 
Homogenizing is really just mixing at a fast rate. Okay. And uh, that's it. That's it. You know, just think of it like yeah. So it's just like it is just like oh, like when you see the the cake mixer mixing the ingredients, uh -huh. except at a much faster rate. That's it. You know. That's what science does with everything. They just. <laughs> make a bigger word for whatever's going on so that us idiots can't understand so, so you can say yes yeah. so we can say instead of homogenizer we can say we got a pharmaceutical grade mixers. <laughs> like cake mixers in our in our lab that is true so what how i don't know if you can get into it maybe that's part of the thing how are if you're not using sound how are you breaking this stuff yes down? so that is the one thing we don't Talk about. Okay, that's the secret sauce. Yes, but you what you can know. see is that our uh, uh, Dr. Manish, who's our, our PhD in nanoemulsion, he's written the foremost paper on all the different kinds of nanoemulsion. Uh -huh. And so if you went and, and if you went and looked at that paper, I mean, I, yes, I've read it and I understand the broader concepts, but you know, it's, it's no reading sports. So you're not even, you're even like, uh, I'm not even really sure what this I can, is. I can see how the particles look different. This is a good way to just, I can tell you the difference between what we do and ultrasonic. Ultrasonic is like taking a pickaxe to a boulder to break off really chips. Jagged. And what we do is more like, and I don't mean to sound like a douche, but, uh, <laughs> but what we do sounds, it really is more like cutting diamonds. Nice. Yeah. I believe you with the way the Heisenberg setup looks down here. Because <laughs> they got all kinds of... You come around the corner here and you're like, did I just transport to the basement of a laundromat in Mexico? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> this is one of the things I take great pride in, is that I studied and bought every piece of equipment you see, uh, see in here. Yeah. Like you studied the machines yeah, themselves. Yeah, I studied the machines like, themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, so before you did this, what did you do? So uh, my original training, so it's been uh, seven years of my work has led to, to this. I talked about uh, what it was like taking a recovery meeting to a psych ward. And at that time, which was back in a, around 2016, I, I read a paper that talked about using marijuana to treat symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. But at that time- there I was, was gonna an, say at the time, that's probably- Unheard of. Yeah. But up in Canada, I met these group of doctors up in Vancouver that were treating the homeless population of Eastern Vancouver that were opioid addicted. And their marijuana was legal and they were supplementing the opiates with, uh, mar with marijuana and they were finding that the desire to use opiates was declining. And so that was, unfortunately, they didn't want to do anything commercial. They just wanted to build a clinic, which wasn't going to help any, anybody back home, as far as I was concerned. And so then that brought me down to the, with the two co-founders of the National Hemp Association. I went to the hemp fields of Central Oregon. I studied seed genetics, planting, harvesting. I built my own extraction facility. And that was where, when I was out in the field, that I realized that the uh, that normal CBD oil is like wine, and that you can't really produce a specific, mm. measurable, repeatable result with it. Yeah. And so then I became interested in isolate, and then there was the absorption rate issue, which led to my interest in nano emulsion. So it was awesome. seven years getting here to. So what? But what? Like 
was your job prior? My original training was in economics and statistics. Oh, okay. I have an MBA from the University of Chicago. Okay. But, you know, being a banker is not a particularly fulfilling life. This is the most useful thing yeah. I've ever done. You know, we wake <laughs> up in the morning. We wake up in the morning, people text us about how we've relieved their pain or yeah. they slept for the first time. It's like... Uh, this is much better. This than is the most useful thing I've ever done. People being pissed off the yeah, the, it's cool. Uh, the uh, fees you put on their uh, checking account. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, before this, you know, when I was in the Middle East, when I was in the Middle East, it was actually working on a chemical processing project. So that was kind of the lead. Right. That's where you that. a lot of the, a lot of the chemistry came from those years. So then, did you go? Do you have a degree in any of that? No, what is those two PhDs? Oh, okay. Dr. Gary, who you met, yep. who's a PhD in biochemistry and genetic engineering, and Dr. Manish, who's a, a PhD in nanoemulsion. Okay, awesome. Um, that's but it. you're the talker. <laughs> <laughs> I am OCD, and so I'm also quality control. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, so were mean, you asking them you're like what do we need fancy ass medical mixers right? no, they, <laughs> I think they wanted to start with something more modest than what we had but I felt it had to stay true to the intention of where we intended to be I wanted to eventually I knew that if we were successful that word would spread about what it is that we were yeah. doing and that we'd be the category killer in this that was yeah. my intention in this in this space. You know, our Masadam has been tried by over two thousand people. And how we did it was I'd go to um, to sporting events where there'd be uh, power lifters, bodybuilders, a lot of vets, um, strong men, and we'd be handing out samples and people would be coming back and telling us what it is that was happening for yeah. them. You know, the thing about competitive athletes is inflammation is such a uh, uh, significant Jeez. component of um, pain that they experience, that you and experience. People don't realize also, uh, unless you're, you know, like either athlete or probably somebody that deals with recovery for athletes, is that once you start to get some kind of issue somewhere, your body naturally compensates and will get away from that side or whatever, yeah, you know, right. that leg. So especially if you're trying to compete at a super high level, you can't afford to be not all there, you know, yeah, or your yeah, body yeah. kind of automatically like switching and favoring something. You know, that's what people don't realize with riders. They get hurt and then they're like, ooh. And I'm like, that guy's got some kind of injury. He's trying to compete with the best dudes in the world and his arm is not doing what it normally does. Like, he's not going to beat them. I'm right, sorry. Right, right. So, you know, like you said, being able to deal with, you know, pain and inflammation is a huge thing to be yeah. able to uh, compete. So we have a couple of, there are actually more than 10 world record holders in powerlifting that wow. use our muscle bomb. There are a couple <clears throat> of ranked UFC fighters. You wouldn't know because some of them <laughs> some of them get paid to endorse someone else's product, but they use ours. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. That happens a lot with stuff. I've heard about that on teams, you know, with bikes. All right, thing. They right. got to deal with somebody and they're like, yeah, we like this. So they just run the sticker on the other guy's stuff. Uh, that's so a good endorsement though you know that means yeah. it works and that if they had the chance or you know if they had the chance to do it then they would it was a you know it really was that um, 
I wanted to have an impact. It wasn't. It wasn't in and of itself about selling product. Yeah. So why should why should somebody have to pay for shit that doesn't work? You know. Yeah. I mean, I find that so offensive. You know. And one of the problems is that because of how expensive CBD was when it first became legal, the dosage that we found in products was so low yeah. that you might have tried like at a gas station or some corner shop, tried some CBD product. Even I've looked into real ones, but like you're saying, by the time you got to a level that was like high, you know, high enough there where it would do something, it was like a hundred bucks yeah. for like this little <laughs> ass bottle. Because our yellow jar uh, comes in... Um, our yellow jar of muscle bomb this is uh just under two ounces has two thousand milligrams in it a thousand milligrams of cbg isolate a thousand milligrams of cbd isolate which i don't think anybody carries a concentration that no. high and then 200 milligrams 200 of the 2,000 milligrams is nanoemulsified. Um, and what you were saying before, you were talking about when you developed it for competitive athletes, you were talking about it being slippery on your hands after application. Right. So which one is of the, something that you actually... So, yeah. So that was like where when we were out giving out samples that we were able to take lifetime feedback because you can't... It's great to say, oh, some CBD product works for you, but if, they, if your hands are all greasy after, there's not, you're not going to be able to get on the bike and operate it. Right. So one of the things that uh, is a component of what we've done is there's a, a significant amount of steric acid, which causes the oiliness to go away. So the, the nanomulsion absorbs. Yeah. In theory, the product uh, is effective for what becomes effective for whatever right. it is you're trying to treat. But then after a few minutes, you look at your hands, it will have a shine like it's oily, but your hands won't be greasy at all. Yeah. So we have power lifters that put the, the muscle bomb on their hands and within say five, six minutes, they're able to pick the, the bar up. Yeah. Yeah. They also chalk them up. Yeah. The other thing is in the drops, this is the highest, con uh, uh, you'd be hard pressed. This is only 10 ml, which is the same as, um, a third of an ounce. Okay. And in it is over a thousand milligrams, in 500 the, of CBG, 500 of CBD, a uh, hundred and change of which is not on The other thing that was important to me is I wanted people to be able to carry it around. So it comes in what looks like a pump, uh, in a, like a pen. It's got a pump built in on the side. So you can whip it out anywhere you, uh, anywhere you are. You take a couple of drops under your tongue. It doesn't look any different than, um, You've taken a hit off a of vapor. Right. You don't have to worry about uh, it spilling in your pocket or in your gear. The way it is, though, it looks like a yeah. You look like you're taking medicine or something. It doesn't look like you're doing anything. <laughs> the deeper sketchy. issue was I knew nobody was going to carry a dropper around. Yeah, and so yeah, that would be all weird. Yeah, so here you just pop it in your pocket and you can you can yeah. walk. Um, and then it has the dual benefit. <laughs> if you're if you're too baked, you can manage that with a little, <laughs> little of this also. Do you need so. to carry it around for your <laughs> edible eating friends, the sober yeah, friends? For, yeah, for the one friend that's not responsible. You know, <laughs> you know who they are. You know that that one person that always wrecks the night. You can probably clean them up. We a needed bit. this. Bethany needed this one time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I made these uh, brownies. I made the oil and everything. I made these brownies. And then we were driving down the shore to my friend's house. And I'm just eating them like, I'm like, these are good. So I'm eating and she's like, hmm. So then she just is like, 
screw it, I'll eat them with you, right? Because right. it tasted good. But she doesn't weigh a lot either. No. So. And then, so then, and she's not like a big smoker, edible eater. Or but anything. that brings up something. Let I, me tell you the please. What, when we needed it, we didn't even need it until later. We were at a shore house, and there was this little sandbar, like literally a hundred yards out, and they were on the bay side. So we're like, okay, we're gonna ride the jet ski or whatever wave runner out to the things. And she goes, no, it's not safe out there. And I was like. What are you talking about? She's like, it's not safe. She just kept saying that. And I'm like, what? In the water? Outside? And she's just like, outside. Like, <laughs> so we just, I was like, okay, well, I guess you're staying here. So she stayed there. And we went back to the sandbar. And when it came back, she's just like looking for us. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. She needed the drop. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but one of the, so that brings up. If we look at it on a, a milligram, like for like uh, a specific number of milligrams, mm -hmm. generally THC, you need much fewer milligrams for it to have an impact than it does if you're talking about something like CBD. Right. You know, 10 milligrams of CBG, particularly if you, uh, CBD, excuse me, if you ingest it in, in its normal form, say in a gummy yeah. that's not nanoemulsified, less than one milligram is going to become wow. available in your bloodstream. Whereas just a little bit of THC, depending on your tolerance. Right. You know, th this whole thing, I'm really not of the view that everybody needs, that everybody needs something like this. You know, when someone is a long-term cannabis enthusiast and they know their strains and the concentrations, right. but the issue is that's not the person that this is for. This is for right. the broader population that at the only metrics they know, I mean, you wouldn't roll in a liquor store and say, what's the, well, maybe when Strong we were young, you got. yeah, what's the thing? <laughs> I mean, like Bacardi 151, which I don't think is on the market anymore, but you know, or great, great, ever, exactly. But that was like, you're in college or out with your friends and you're making like punch, but I'm saying, <laughs> Otherwise, right. looking to have some kind of experience. Right. So one of the fundamental problems when a person who's new to cannabis goes into a, a dispensary is the only metrics they have to um, to, to ask for something is they, they think they're going to have a better experience the higher the THC right. level is. And that is definitely not true. Not mm -hmm. always true. It's the same thing like uh, um, salvia. You know what salvia is? Uh, I'm not familiar. Forgive me. Um, I don't even know what it is actually. It may be a plant or something, but dude, I so it's and they have it. It's like in different strengths, and everybody goes in. They're like, we're gonna get two hundred x, right? And we smoked it, and for thirty seconds, I thought I was a waterfall. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, I don't think, I think we should have started with something so we could have experienced it and not just been like, oh my God, <laughs> turned into water. All right, uh, let's run through your, uh, your um, lab real quick sure. and then we'll get out of your hair. Sure. So if you just turn the camera around, what you'll see over here is this is our first production area. This is once the product is done. This is pretty much where it is until we send it to third-party logistics. So one of the things that's different about Nanobella is not only did we develop the formulations, we actually produce our products right here in the lab you're about to see. So normally when you buy a, a, not just a, a CBD product, but generally when you buy a skincare product, it's manufactured in a third-party manufacturing facility. The simple language for that means that today most third-party manufacturing facilities are owned by private equity firms. So it's like 
Do you want your product made by people who know what they're doing or you want it made by your banker? You could say the same thing about the weed too because so many private equity firms own so many of the, the multi-state operator uh, cannabis locations. This is the lab in which we developed our nano emulsion technology. And um, so what you're looking at here are, these are pharmaceutical grade mixers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we call homogenizers made by Omni. And then the most famous pharmaceutical grade equipment manufacturers, Scientific, and they manufactured all the equipment you're looking at here. So these are all hot plate stirrers that you see mixed around. And um, so when you're wondering what nano emulsion looks like this is this is what it looks like in its fluid form so what you'd see is that you can you can actually see my hand through uh, this this is very rough now we send out our nano emulsion to test the particle size but the point is you can see my fingers through through the fluid what what cbg looks like in its isolate form This isn't blow, all right? <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a white crystalline powder. Uh, okay. This is what isolate looks like. Every cannabinoid in its isolate form looks like this. And so it doesn't look like quail at all. This is 99.9% .9 pure. Wow. Is it that stuff for the two pounds that was all the money? Yes, this is what... <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what was uh, selling for an awful lot back in the day. And then... You know, this is a this is a small incubator. We have to be able to um, when we make a product, we have to be able to test it under different temperature conditions. So when you throw it in there and you turn the heat up and leave it for a few days, you're able to see what um, Ooh, if it breaks it, down. Yes, real exactly. Fast. Tell them about the big. Oh yes, all right. So this is actually um, one of the things I'm most proud of, which is this is our semiconductor grade. Um, air filtration. So the room, uh, the, the air in the entire laboratory and post-production area turns over once every three minutes or so. So you weren't worried about COVID down here? <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Uh, this is where we are for right now. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun to be yeah. on the podcast with you. All right, everybody. Uh, buy some Nanobella, Clint 1.5, and that's it. You can get 15% off. Later.